Welcome to Her Story, Ireland's Epic Women, a podcast dedicated to the women that shaped our history. This podcast is brought to you by Underground Films, Epic the Irish Emigration Museum, HerStory.ie and RTE, ahead of our TV series, Her Story, Ireland's Epic Women and RTE in Spring 2020. This podcast is hosted by Dr. Angela Byrne with additional storytelling from Tall Tales Podcasts. Content for this episode comes from Dr. Angela Byrne. This podcast contains descriptions of scenes of an adult nature. Eliza Lynch, the Queen of Paraguay, was born in Charleville, County Cork in 1833. Little is known of her early life, but at the age of just 16, she married a 34-year-old French pharmacist in Kent. Her biographers, Michael Lillis and Ronan Fanning, found that she was tricked into making this marriage at such an early age. But because of her young age, the marriage was never officially recognised in Britain or in France. And after living with her husband for three years, Eliza left him to live with her mother in Paris. The European capital of fashion and the meeting place of Europe's elites for centuries, Paris was the thrilling backdrop to the beginning of a tale of love and tragedy, glamour and war. It was in Paris in 1854 that Eliza Lynch first met Francisco Solano Lopez, son of the dictator of Paraguay and leader of the first Paraguayan diplomatic mission to Europe. The pair became lovers. Anne Enright's historical novel, The Pleasure of Eliza Lynch, imagines the scenes that might have occurred. Francisco Solano Lopez put his penis inside Eliza Lynch on a lovely spring day in Paris in 1854. They were in a house on the Rue Saint-Sulpice, an ancient street down which people have always strolled in a state of pleasant imagining. In the spring of 1854, no imagination was needed as Francisco Solano Lopez pushed his penis into Eliza Lynch and pulled it back again, 20 times in all. This was quite a lot of times for Francisco Solano Lopez, but something about Eliza Lynch distracted him from the usual rush of his pleasure. Something about Eliza Lynch gave him pause. Outside, the birds sang, trees rustled and fancy carriages rattled by. Inside, the four-poster bed was hung with turquoise, its enormous baldequin billowing above them and gathered into a pucker of silk that mirrored, as she lay under it, the lovely navel of Eliza Lynch. Apart from the magnificent bed, she had nothing. There was a burled walnut box pushed into a corner, an ormolu clock ticked on a mantle of ordinary stone, a simple table of inlaid tulip wood was burdened by a statue of the flagellated Christ. The room was practically bare, if you did not count the bed. But the bed was overwhelming. It was a room within the room. It was a palace across whose yielding floor Lopez crawled, laughing in order to engage more thoroughly with the laughing Eliza Lynch. Which, without further delay, he did. Many people would come to regret this moment. You might say, everyone came to regret it except for the two participants, Francisco Lopez and Eliza Lynch, El Mariscal and La Lincha, Paco and Liz. She was a remarkably beautiful woman of 20 years, and he had seemingly limitless financial resources at his disposal. 
Their first months together were dazzling and exciting as Lynch accompanied Lopez on his missions all over Europe. In late 1854, Lynch and Lopez travelled separately to South America. Lynch gave birth to their first son, Francisco, in Buenos Aires and joined Lopez in Asuncion, Paraguay in May 1855. They would go on to have five more children, all of whom were considered illegitimate in the prevailing view of the time, but Lopez was recorded as their father in the Catholic baptismal records. Lynch's life in Asuncion was materially very comfortable. She had a fashionable city residence and a country estate. Her home became a social hub and she its glittering hostess. The ordinary people of Paraguay adored her, but she was unpopular with the country's wealthier and influential families. One of these made the cutting remark that Lynch's mansion stank of Paris. When Lopez succeeded his father as dictator in 1862, suddenly Lynch could no longer be sneered at. She was the Queen of Paraguay, able to indulge her love of the arts, bringing international theatre groups to Asuncion and organising lavish public festivals. But her happiness was not to last. Lopez's wild political ambition drove him to a devastating war with Brazil, Argentina and Uruguay in 1864-70. The Six-Year War literally decimated Paraguay's male population and halved its female population. In January 1870, Brazilian forces took Asuncion. Lynch and Lopez fled the city with their children. After two months on the run, the family was captured by Brazilian forces. Lynch witnessed the executions of her partner and her eldest son and buried them with her own hands. Ronan Fanning and Michael Lillis recount this ordeal in the biography Eliza Lynch, Queen of Paraguay. There is no more desolate place than Cerro Cora, a bleak amphitheatre of mountains near Paraguay's modern border with Brazil. On the 1st of March 1870, Eliza Lynch was here. Her lover, the father of their seven children, Francisco Solano Lopez. To the world, the dictator of Paraguay. To Eliza, her Panchito. Had just been lanced and gunned down by the Brazilian soldiery. Their eldest and best-loved son, also Panchito, aged 15, had tried to defend his mother. Despite her screams, he had refused to surrender to the Brazilians. He died in her arms. Eliza buried them both with her bare hands. She later told her daughter-in-law that she was dressed in her last remaining outfit, a worn and ragged ball gown and broken dancing shoes. The soldiers danced around the death scene. They jeered Eliza and roared with triumphant joy. They had won the final battle of the War of the Triple Alliance, one of the most horrific conflicts in all of history, and they could, at last, go home. She was then deported to Britain with her surviving children. 
Her troubles continued in London. Another one of her children died within weeks of their arrival there. She had few resources, and the extensive Paraguayan properties that she inherited from her husband were confiscated. She briefly returned to Paraguay in 1875, having received repeated invitations from the president. Despite a warm welcome by the ordinary people of Asuncion, she was advised by the president to leave for her own safety, following complaints from the country's most prominent families. To defend her now ruined reputation, she wrote and published a short memoir entitled Exposición y Protesta. For a long time, I maintained a profound silence. Though my name had for six years been attacked by determined enemies, by individuals who sought riches, by writing pamphlets and books full of appalling filth, representing me as the very essence of prostitution and scandal, as though I were one of those human beasts who seek satisfaction in the extermination of society itself. I have been the target of the rage of those men who have taken power in Paraguay. To rule over the ruins of her wealth and of that greatness which had been sacrificed to the defence of her independence and her dignity. I have been accused of responsibility for the actions and domestic policy of Marshal Lopez and blamed for the war that three nations forced on Paraguay, as well as for the heroic sacrifice which immortalised this people perishing with their leader in more than five years of warfare unexampled in American history and which has been such a lesson to all nations as great as that of the Spartans. In their determination to smear my name, all they achieved was to link it to that very record that won the admiration of the civilised world and which was repeated and exemplified for the French people when a million Germans laid siege to Paris. I was far from being involved in the government of Marshal Lopez or its politics, nor did I involve myself in anything during the war beyond attending to the wounded and to the families of those who followed the army in trying to reduce the suffering I found. But I do not shrink from shouldering the responsibility that any would wish me to bear for the defence that the people of Paraguay offered of their rights and their territory. I had not read those books that were published to attack me, and I only came to read them since coming to Buenos Aires. Had I known of them in good time and within the statutory period laid down for taking proceedings against them, this defence would have been made in the courts of law, and I would have marked my detractors with the stigma of calumny. Lynch died in Paris in July 1886 and was buried in the famous Père Lachaise Cemetery. But in death, as in life, she continues to polarise opinion. In 1961, the dictator General Stroessner declared her a Paraguayan national hero. In 2002, Anne Enright's historical novel, The Pleasures of Eliza Lynch, launched Lynch's story into the spotlight once more. Eliza's reputation, long maligned outside of Paraguay, has since been rehabilitated by Michael Lillis and Ronan Fanning's scholarly biography published in 2009. The book's publication revived Paraguayan calls for Brazil to open its military archives and prompted comparisons between Brazil's historic treatment of Paraguay and Britain's role in the Great Famine in Ireland. So Eliza Lynch's symbolic importance continues 
This is perhaps her most important legacy. This show was brought to you by Underground Films, Epic the Irish Emigration Museum, HerStory.ie and RTE. Mixed and produced by Cassia Tall Tales Podcasts and presented by Dr. Angela Byrne. If you like this story, subscribe for more on iTunes and Spotify and check out our TV series, Her Story, Ireland's Epic Women on RTE in Spring 2020. Her Story's score composed by Scott Marr and Oshin Murray.